Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mother's Day are one of those special, very special days. Now, I'm not necessarily preaching a Mother's Day message, even though this is Mother's Day. But I had a thought this afternoon. Um, gentlemen, it's not necessarily, depending on your particular take, it's not necessarily a, a thought that maybe you've thought of. But can I tell you, gentlemen, God knew we couldn't do it by ourselves. I'm just being real. God knew we couldn't do it by ourselves. He knew we needed our, our wives. And uh, our children are sure glad that they have their moms. <laughs> so, uh, so we do honor all the moms uh, today and tonight, and I hope that you have been honored and loved well today uh, by your family. Amen. Well, Ephesians chapter 2, 89 is our text, and I think it's safe to say that there are, there are times in our lives when things don't exactly go like we would have planned or have wanted them to. I mean, in case you haven't noticed, things are a little bit crazy in the world right now. Uh, there's, there's opinions flying everywhere. Uh, there's social media that you should avoid. Uh, there's news broadcasts that you probably shouldn't pay much attention to. In fact, what we need to hear is the voice of heaven speaking into our hearts, directing us to go to the word of God and see what God has to say concerning each and every one of us as individuals as we walk out these days that, let's be honest, he ordained that we would walk out. We're not here by mistake. We weren't supposed to be in some other century, some other time period, some other culture. We're where we're supposed to be. And because we're where we're supposed to be, then we need to find out how God wants to use us to make maximum effect and maximum influence uh, in this world. This is a little different. I got people way up close. So I'm gonna, first off, I'm going to have to, you know I don't stay up here much. but I, I'm, uh, So I'll have to just... Rain myself in just a little bit tonight, okay? But tonight I want to remind us, I want us to be reminded of something, that no matter what might be going on around us, no matter how crazy this world might get, no matter how unpredictable uh, it may seem like tomorrow might be, there is something that we can celebrate tonight, church. There is something and someone that we can get a little joyful about, that we can get a little happy about, that we can even get a little excited and do like David did and stir ourselves up. And would you like to know what that who that someone and that something is, that someone is Jesus. We can celebrate Jesus. We can get excited about Jesus. We can lift our voice in praise to Jesus no matter what's going on around us, no matter how big the storm is. Are you all there? All right. No matter how much the storm is raging, no matter how much confusion is going on, no matter how much unpredictability is out there, one thing remains the same, and his name is Jesus. And the something we can get excited about, the something we can celebrate tonight, is his amazing grace and his salvation that he has provided for you and I. Amen? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, we've heard this passage of Scripture, as I said. If you've been in church any, any length of time, you've heard this passage preached on, taught on, quoted. They've even made songs based on this passage of Scripture. 
But I think sometimes we become so familiar, Pastor Kirsten, with the passage of Scripture that we, we take for granted what it says, and it loses sometimes the impact of what God is trying to say and the message that God wants to give us. And so tonight, I'm hopefully going to be able to break this, this passage of Scripture down so that you can understand just how amazing His grace is. Amen? For by grace you have been saved. How have we been saved? By grace. But not just by grace. It's through faith that we have been saved. It's like grace and faith are the two doors that you have to go through in order to step into salvation. Amen? You and I didn't. You and I can't. You and I are not able to save ourselves. That's why Paul said it's not of ourselves or from ourselves. It's not by works. It is the gift of God. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, I'm on a rabbit trail real quick. Uh, I was... I was I was doing what I just said you probably don't need to do. I was looking for something on the internet and something caught my eye. There's this guy that thinks a lot of himself now. I can't even remember his name because I didn't give him that much time because he's got a new book coming out. And in the book he talks about the fact that, that the Jesus and the Hebrew Bible that he preached from does not preach and does not teach about an eternal heaven or an eternal hell. I gave him about four minutes to kind of just skim through the article and went, never mind, not worth my time. Because the Bible does say that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish, that's hell. But have everlasting life, that's heaven. There is a heaven for you and I to gain and to go to and there is a hell for you and I to avoid. And the way we avoid hell is following what Paul said right here. For by grace we have been saved through faith. Not anything that we've done because we can't take the credit for it. It's all what God has done. My leash just got shorter, no problem. Nope. <laughs> so let's talk about this being saved for just a second. I also heard somebody say, why do we have to call it saved? Why can't we call it something else? Can I just be honest with you? Saved is the best description. I've been saved. You've been saved. We've been saved. We needed to be saved. We needed to be saved from sin. We needed to be saved from disobedience. We needed to be saved from, from temptation and the effects of evil in this world. We needed to be saved from ourselves. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. But now I see. <laughs> Ooh, mercy. We have been saved. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. We have been saved. 
We have reason to celebrate. Nothing that's going on in this world can, can change that fact tonight. Establish it. And if you're here tonight, if you're listening, if you're in the parking lot, if you're listening online uh, and you're, you haven't been saved, you, you never thought about being saved, you would be honest and say, I don't know if I'm saved. We'll remedy that before we go home tonight because we have been saved by the precious blood of Jesus. Have you ever wondered why one song like Amazing Grace can have such an impact and a powerful meaning? Because there's something in the heart of every person, something in the heart of everyone that longs for someone to love them for who they are, not for what they do or don't do. And the ultimate lover of mankind, God, who is love, he has done just that. He loved you and I for who we are, right where we are. Now, if you happen to be a sorry so-and-so, or a wretch, like the songwriter said, uh, then can I tell you, he doesn't want you to stay that way. Amen. He wants you to, he wants, his plan is to clean us up. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9 says. His plan is to change us. For behold, all things are made new. The old is passed away, the new has come. That's his plan. But salvation is the gift that he gives to you and I. So amazing grace really does sound sweet, amen? One other thing we need to understand tonight, I am going to give you some points and I'll get to those in just a minute, but one other thing we need to understand about grace tonight is this. Grace, God's grace isn't a one-time event in our lives. We can experience God's grace in a greater way more now than ever before if we're willing to put, put, apply ourselves to that, Amen? Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege, one translation says, where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. This is a warm-up. This isn't something we just need to, to kind of hold on till we get to the other side. This is a warm-up, learning how to walk with the Lord and talk with the Lord and hear his voice and experience his glory here and now so that when we step over to the other side, it's not some big transition. I mean, have you ever thought how sad that would be? To have lived your life here on the earth saved by grace through faith but never experience the power of God, never experience the glory of God, never experience his amazing grace so that when you do get to heaven, all of it seems brand new and foreign. It's kind of like, again, I'll rabbit trail here. It's kind of like with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We used to, we, we used to do it when the kids were little, and now we don't have to because anytime it's pray at the house, people pray in tongues. But when the kids were little, we used to get, Jan and I would get the kids together, get in a circle, hold hands, and we'd say, okay, on the count of three, pray in tongues. And they'd pray as loud as they could and pray in each other, get up in each other's faces and pray. Why would you want to do that? Because I would never want my children to experience a move of God where the Holy Spirit is flowing and people are praying in their heavenly language and miracle signs and wonders are taking place and them to be, wow, I've never seen that before. How sad it testimony would that be and how sad a testimony would it be in our lives if when we get to the other side Lord the Lord says welcome to paradise welcome to come on in I've prepared this place and everything that we're experiencing we're experiencing for a first time now it'll be to a greater level when we get there but eye is not seen ear is not heard nor is it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him and he's not talking about heaven he's talking about right here and now so you and I can experience God's grace in a greater way if we're willing to seek after him with all our hearts. 
What is grace? Grace has been defined as undeserved kindness. I heard someone say grace is everything in exchange for nothing to those given to those who deserve, don't deserve anything. I stumbled over that. Let me try it again. Grace is everything in exchange for nothing to those who don't deserve anything. Uh, it, it, funny little story, an atheist was talking to a friend of his, and he said, if there really is a God, may he prove himself by striking me dead right now. Nothing happened. So the atheist proudly announced to his friend, you see, there's no God. And his friend responded, well, you've proven two things. One, you're really stupid. And two, he's a really gracious God. Well, so tonight in the midst of everything that's happening all around us, you and I need to be reminded. The Holy Spirit said remind them. We need to be reminded of and celebrate our salvation because it doesn't matter what happens out there. What's taking place on the inside of you and I being born again, as Jesus told Nicodemus, man, it sets us on a course that nothing except our own decisions can change. Nothing outside of our own free will can affect our salvation. Only by God's grace can we be saved. Why do we need to be saved? I already mentioned it. Because you and I, we were born into a world of sin. And as a sinner, I have to pay the penalty for sin, the price of sin, which is being separated from God. But if we understand grace, this grace that by which we've been saved, the idea that Paul was talking about here is not speaking of a past term or a past idea. It doesn't matter if you were saved 60 years ago, 10 years ago, 10 days ago, or 10 minutes ago. It's The grace of God now becomes something that should be active, ongoing, being experienced every day of your life. In fact, I've been saved I am being saved, and I will be saved. That's the process that we are in. But many people miss this idea. Many people get first get saved by grace, and then they try to live out their Christian life by the law. What can I do? How do I keep God happy? How do I, what do I, I got to keep doing stuff. Look, if God's really transformed you, I told the KSM students, we, we did our last few weeks of class Sorry, we did our last few weeks of uh, class by Zoom because we couldn't meet. And, uh, and, 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 and I told our students that, and I just lost my thought. Wow, okay, let me get back to my notes. Uh, let me get back to my notes and maybe, maybe it'll come back to me. All right, uh, we, we try to uh, live out our life by law. We try to, to do what we can to earn uh, our salvation and keep God happy. And in fact, there was a, a meeting that took place, experts from around the world. Now, this was in a day, you know, days gone by when they actually had meetings like this. They have meetings about all kinds of stuff now, but they don't talk about this stuff anymore. But a bunch of experts got together from all over the world, um, and they, what they were trying to figure out was what was unique about the Christian faith. Now, there was a gentleman that was invited to this meeting. His name is C.S. Lewis. If you know anything about C.S. Lewis, if you ever read any of his books, including Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, they're excellent, that whole series. But C.S. Lewis was at this meeting, and all these experts were talking about what was unique to the Christian faith, and they began eliminating the possibilities. Incarnation, they said, and others said, no, other religions um, have differing versions of God's uh, appearing in the human form. Well, is it resurrection? No. Other religions have accounts of, of people returning from the dead. And the debate went on for a while, and then they finally got to C.S. Lewis, and they said, C.S., what do you say? And he said, oh, it's easy. It's grace. Grace is what sets Christianity apart from any other religion. The notion of God's love coming to you and I free of charge, no strings attached, seems to go against every instinct of humanity. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God's grace is amazing and it's free. 
It cost him everything, but it's free to you and I. See, if you look at the Buddhist Eightfold Plan, the Hindu Doctrine of Karma, the Jewish Covenant, and even the Muslim Code of Law, each of those things offer a way to earn approval by God. Only Christianity dares to make God's love unconditional. Your love today. In case you didn't know that, in case nobody's told you that today, in case you haven't felt love today, let me tell you, feelings and emotions, they're real. We're made in God's image. He has feelings and emotions, but we don't let our feelings be our counselors. We let the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit be our counselor. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you are loved. You are loved by God. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loved you before you were even knew you were lovable. He, did, he reached out for you. You didn't go after him. I didn't go after him he chased us down with his love and his grace and we need to be reminded of that and we need to celebrate that loud and long so just in case you needed reminding God loves you all right I got some points to give you tonight that was my introduction I got some points to give you tonight okay point number one I can never do enough to deserve salvation you can never do enough to deserve salvation I shared this with KSM. Here it is. I shared this with KSM, my students. Uh, this actually was recorded in a 2001 um, volume of Reader's Digest, uh, probably considered the greatest boxer of our time, Cassius Clay, who changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Uh, Reader's Digest interviewed him and asked him about his faith, what it meant to him. And Ali replied, it means a ticket to heaven. One day we're all going to die and God's going to judge our good and bad deeds. If the bad outweighs the good, you go to hell. If the good outweighs the bad, you go to heaven. Now that's what a lot of people believe and that's pretty sad because Muhammad Ali did pass away. And only God knows his condition when he left. But if that's how he was hanging his hopes on eternity, he was sadly mistaken. We can't do anything to earn our salvation. Many people believe it, but that's not what the Bible says. In fact, our text tells us that, that it's not by works. It's not by anything that we've done because then we could boast about it. But it's the free gift of God that is made available to us by grace through faith. In the Bible, we find what's called God's moral law. The only way for you and I to be saved on our own would be to perfectly obey every one of God's commands. But that's impossible. You and I are far from perfect. James chapter 2 verse 10 says, Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Romans 3.19 says, For we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. So you and I need to be saved by grace. We need that undeserved kindness, that undeserved salvation. So no, point number one, I can never do enough to deserve salvation. Point number two, Jesus did all that was needed to provide salvation for you and I. If you and I can't save ourselves, if there's nothing we can do to earn salvation, then there is a problem. And you know, that's the heart of God, his amazing love for you and I. God created a perfect paradise. We know the story, Genesis, creation. He created a perfect paradise, and he set Adam and Eve in it, and he said, I'll be with you. You'll walk with me. You'll talk with me. We'll have fellowship. You'll discover all of my creation in my way of thinking. I've said it many times before. I can imagine when God came down and they were walking in the garden, Adam was like, oh, oh, Yahweh, 
Let me show you something. Let me show you something. And they went over, and these beautiful flowers were blooming, and all, and all of a sudden, this butterfly came and landed. And Adam's like, look at that. I've never seen that before until today. Now, maybe you don't think about God and Adam and Eve in the garden like that, but I do, because God wanted fellowship. God wanted fellowship. He didn't have to have it. He wanted fellowship. Sorry. Droplets. So there was a problem when sin entered the world. But God didn't look at mankind and say, it's your problem, you figure it out. He looked at mankind and said, it is your problem because you disobeyed, but I'm going to provide the answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, the only one worthy to die upon the cross and save us from our sins. Amen? So God deals by two principles with his people, grace or law. According to the principle of grace, God deals with you and I favorably in a way that we don't deserve because of what Jesus did. The other principle, which is law, requires him to deal with people in a way that they do deserve. Now, since sin is a wedge that separates us from God, and without him in our lives, we are all sinners, then what we deserve is eternal separation from God. Those who are separated from God by sin cannot be delivered from this penalty by just observing the law. No one can be saved from his sins apart from God's grace. And Jesus came to us just as we were, and he did all that was needed to save us. And church, that's grace. Now, maybe you're asking tonight, maybe you're listening online for the first time. Maybe you're in the parking lot and somebody invited you and you've never, you've never heard me minister. You've never been to our church. You know, we've had people come the last two Sundays with Save, save a Seat that they're visiting for the first time. They came back. God's doing stuff, church. God's reaching people. His spirit is moving across this valley. Hallelujah. But maybe you're like, well, what did Jesus do for me? Because, you know, there's some people looking for here there's some people they they and don't get me wrong we should repeat a sinner's prayer we should pray a sinner's prayer you won't find the sinner's prayer recorded in scripture but you'll find the principle of it because it is with the mouth that confession is made and under repentance and the heart belief is made unto salvation so we confess with our mouth that we're a sinner and we believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and the only way to get to heaven so we say that prayer we should do that but that's all some people do they pray the sinner's prayer, and they just sit down, and they say, okay, I'm, I'm saved, I guess. I prayed the prayer, and I meant it. I was really sorry, and I'm so thankful that, that I, I'm, I don't have to go to hell now. And if you live your whole life that way, you've missed so much. You've missed so much. Oh, hear me tonight, you've missed so much and you need to know what Jesus has done for you. You and I need to be reminded what Jesus has done for you and I. Jesus died in our place. It's called his, he's being our substitution. He died in our place. First Peter 3, 18, Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive by the spirit. You and I deserve death because of sin. 
Because of our sin and because of sin in the world. But Jesus said, no, I will take your place. I will be that substitution for you. That's what Jesus has done in order to save us. He was our substitution. The second thing that Jesus has done for us is called justification. Jesus made you and I right with God. Romans 4, 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Now, what does justification mean? God sees me just as if I'd never sinned. I'm innocent. I'm no longer guilty. See, we have an accuser. His name is Satan. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. And we see examples in Scripture where he stands before God and accuses people. But you know what? We have an advocate. We have someone who has made us just, just right before God. And anytime the enemy comes before God and he says, and I'm going to pick on you, he says, hey, hey, God. You see that Bracken character down there? You know, you know I, I could tell you things about his past. Jesus stands up and says, excuse me, Father. We don't look at his past anymore because his past is gone. He has been justified. He is made righteous in your sight by my shed blood. And God looks and what he sees is he sees Pastor Daniel Bracken covered in the blood of Jesus. His sins, though they were scarlet, they are made white as snow by the blood of Jesus. And he, and he looks at the enemy and he says, nice try, and you're wrong because we've been justified. We've been made in right standing by what Jesus did. Here's another thing Jesus did for us. It's called reconciliation. Jesus made peace with God possible. Second Corinthians 5, 19, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Jesus is the bridge between God and man. God said, there's a separation now because of sin. Sin can't dwell in my presence. It was never my plan for you to sin. It was never my plan for you to be affected by sin. But my son, he's the bridge. He bridges the gap. He makes up the distance. He reconciles us to God that we're no longer enemies to God and with God, but we are friends. We are the friends of God. We are the redeemed that will say so. We are the beloved. We are the, we are the brethren, the holy people, uh, the, uh, a peculiar people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Amen? Another thing Jesus has done is adoption. Jesus made you and I part of God's family. Ephesians 1.5, he predestined us. And don't, don't get hung up on that word predestined. It simply means God had a plan before the, the, what the plan would do ever needed to happen. He already had a plan. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Don't miss that. He's not saying, okay, yeah, I guess I'll let you be adopted and you can have my name and... Jesus can be your elder brother. It says that he adopted us through Jesus in accordance to his pleasure and his will. That means you and I were wanted. Oh, that ought to set you free tonight. You and I were wanted. We were wanted by the creator. We were wanted by and are wanted by the one that holds the, the universe in the span of his hand, that keeps it all spinning, that at a moment's notice can say, okay, time's up, everybody out of the pool, it's all over, new heavens, new earth, we're in heaven forever. We were wanted by him. One, another thing that Jesus did is called redemption. Jesus purchased my salvation with his blood. The Greek word for redemption refers to slaves being purchased in the marketplace. In the spiritual sense, all of us were slaves to sin until Jesus purchased us out of the slave market and he sets us free from sin's bondage. 
Because he bought us and paid for us with his blood, we now belong exclusively to him. You and I are not our own. We have been bought with a price. And that price is the precious blood of Jesus. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For we know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Hallelujah. Come on. Praise break. Just thank him right now. Thank him right now for your salvation. Thank him right now for your redemption. Thank him right now that you've been made right with God, that you've been adopted. Hallelujah. Are you encouraged tonight? Well, there's more. Something else Jesus has done, and it's a, it's a word we don't use a whole lot anymore, but I'll, I'll explain what it means. It's called propitiation. It means Jesus satisfied God's justice. To propitiate is to bring satisfaction or to fulfill a demand or a requirement. He is our propitiation. And in, um, in, in heathen uh, worship of gods and heathen circles that worship false gods to propitiate or propitiation means to appease the gods to hopefully do enough to keep the gods from being angry you know that's why some religions uh, especially in the in the far east they go through these ritual uh, tortures and these ritual things and it's it's pretty gruesome and I won't try to describe it but it but it's it's self-harm inflicting self-pain why they're doing it because they've been taught that they, that is required to keep the gods that they serve that sit on their mantle and are in the trees and are in the rocks that's what is required to keep the gods from being angry they've got to they've got to cut themselves and hurt themselves and go through all of this stuff and yet, in the biblical sense of the word, propitiation speaks of that which satisfies the justice of God so that mercy is given. This is found in 1 John 2, 2. He is the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. When Jesus was hanging on the cross all those years ago, he wasn't just hanging on the cross for the disciples and his mother and the Roman soldiers and all those. He wasn't just giving his life for their sins and paying the penalty for their sins. He was paying the penalty for everybody that had ever sinned, and he was paying penalty for you and I for any sin we would ever commit. Commit. That's what it means for Jesus to be our propitiation. 1 John 4.10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And another thing that Jesus has done is he's provided us forgiveness. And by that, I mean Jesus sent your sins and my sins far away from us. Ephesians 1.7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We know what the Bible says, if you're familiar with this, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But verse 24 says, and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. His grace is amazing, church. His salvation is an amazing gift made possible not because of anything that we've done except repentance, receiving it. You know, if, 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 if I had a $100 bill in my wallet, if, and I were to say, I've got a $100 bill up here, and I want to give it as a gift, uh, and, and, and I want you to receive that gift. You know that it would stay in my hand and would still continue to be a gift that could be received until somebody got bold enough 
to jump up out of their chair and come running up here and receive that gift from me. That's the same with salvation. Salvation, Jesus died for all the world, but unfortunately not all the world is saved yet. Can all of Alaska be saved? Oh, absolutely all of Alaska can be saved. Can all of Wasilla be saved? Oh, absolutely all of Wasilla can be saved. Why? Because of what Jesus has done and what you and I are supposed to do. And you and I are supposed to walk in his amazing grace. We're supposed to live in his amazing grace. We're supposed to live out our salvation. We're supposed to continue to be saved until we are ultimately saved when we get to heaven because of all that Jesus has done. Now, for a lot of people, grace is a foreign concept. If you sign up for the military and you go to boot camp and they make you work hard and they remind you all the time that you aren't at home with your mama. This isn't mama's house anymore. This isn't mama telling you what to do. You're in the man's army now. And they say things like, if you want respect, if you want a promotion, you gotta earn it. You gotta prove that you're worthy of it. Nobody's gonna give you anything. You've gotta earn it. If you're to go out for some type of, uh, of team, uh, either a, a tryout for a job or go for a job interview or uh, audition for a play or, or to be a part of a sports team, you would have to do certain things to try to earn your spot. If you really wanted that position or job, you would have to earn it. This thought process of you get or you gain something because you earned it is very real in our society today. Now, there's also a thought process that says, I don't really have to do anything. I should just get it, okay? But people have tried to apply that thought process with their relationship with God. I've got to earn God's love. I've got to do so much right in order for him to even notice me and for, him, for me to even have a small chance to get saved. But guess what? That isn't how God operates. When you look at the cross and you see Jesus hanging there, what you don't hear is you have to earn this. What he says is, I chose this. You don't have to pay anything for it. Hallelujah. So point number one, I can never do enough to uh, deserve salvation. Number two, Jesus did all that was needed to provide for salvation for you and I. Point number three tonight, salvation is a gift for me to receive, not a reward for me to earn. I'm gonna say that one again. Salvation is a gift for you and I to receive, not a reward for you and I to earn. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gospel is good news of mercy to the undeserving. The symbol of the religion of Jesus is the cross, not the balance scales. So how do you and I receive this free gift of salvation? By admitting that we're a sinner. By believing that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the grave and by calling on the God for, and by calling on God for salvation. Those, that's called the ABCs of salvation. Admit, believe, and call. As I close tonight, if I could have somebody on the keyboard, please. Three things we always need to understand about God's amazing grace. I hope I've encouraged you tonight. I hope I've challenged you tonight. And I'm gonna give you an opportunity right in just a moment to, to do those three Steps to salvation. But three things we need to always understand about God's amazing grace. Number one, we can't possibly earn it. We've already read that in our text. For by grace we've been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any of us should boast. We can't possibly earn it. It costs the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 3, 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And number three, we must choose to accept it. 
2 Corinthians 6, 1. We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. So make it count. Jesus died on the cross for all, for everyone. Salvation has been paid for all. No exceptions, but not everyone will accept the gift of God's grace. Many will reject the idea that they even need saving or that they could possibly even be saved. As we close tonight, have you ever experienced grace in your own life? Perhaps, maybe. Might apply to somebody listening online. I'm sure no one here in the sanctuary. You were going a little faster than you should have. You were caught up in worship in your car. Your favorite worship tune was playing on your stereo and you weren't paying attention to the speedometer and you were going a little faster than you should have. And, and you know, the, 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 even though the speed limit on that street was 55 when the gentleman in blue with the lights pulled you over, he said, do you realize that you were going a lot faster than 55? We'll just say that. What happened right then? You deserve to pay the penalty. You transgressed, you broke the law and you deserved. But perhaps on that day, the police officer was feeling generous and said, you know, I hear the worship in your car. I see the smile on your face. You're being really polite. I'm feeling good today. Today's a good day. I'm feeling good today. You know what? I'm just going to give you a warning. Just keep it at the speed limit or just a little above. And he drives off. That's grace. That's grace. That's an example of grace that we can sometimes experience in the day in, day out, and we don't even think about it. Or how about this? Perhaps there was a time when you said hurting words to a friend or a spouse, and they forgave you. They said your words hurt, but you know I forgive you. I choose to love you. I choose to forgive you. I choose to not hold that against you. You know, we have a saying that, that you'll hear sometimes around here, you know, uh, uh, charge it to my head and not my heart. Sometimes people say things from their head and you know that's not really how their heart is. And you choose to offer grace to them and forgiveness and not get all bowed up and offense, you know, offensed up because of something that they might have said. But you choose to forgive, that's, that's grace. Each of us at certain times experiences grace. But can I remind you tonight? There is no grace like his amazing grace. There is no grace like his undeserved kindness and forgiveness and mercy. And we need to celebrate that. And we need to remember that and be reminded of that. So if you're here tonight, in the parking lot, online, I don't know if you can see me now or just my, hear my voice. You're here in, in this sanctuary tonight. I know we have to maintain our social distance and I agree with it, but would you stand where you are? In the parking lot, you can stand in your car. <laughs> if you can do that, on the in, stand up on the inside. Stand up where you are if you're able. If you're not able, that's okay. But if you'd like to receive and experience God's grace tonight, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, because you find yourself in that category of, I prayed that sinner's prayer. And don't get me wrong, 
pray the sinner's prayer, but don't stop there. That's just the beginning. You've just stepped through a door into an amazing journey with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive God's free gift of salvation and receive his grace and his mercy, then with every eye opened, because salvation is a gift and it's something we should celebrate when we receive it. It's not something that we should try to sneak in in the back door through and to hope nobody sees. Listen, I have to repent, you have to repent. If you say you don't have to repent, we need to meet after service and have a discussion. Because repentance is not a problem. Repentance is freedom. Repentance says, Lord, I know I messed up. Lord, I know I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Father, would you forgive me for thinking that thought? Why did I say that? What's wrong with me? And we say, Lord, forgive me. And at that moment, we step into an area of freedom where the enemy can't accuse us any longer. But if we refuse to repent, we are staying bound in that act of sin that we committed. And we are staying bound and linked back to the enemy. And he has every right to us. So with every eye open and every head up and every person within the sound of my voice, just so you'll know that you're saved, just so you'll know that you've experienced and begun the journey of walking in God's grace, repeat this after me and with me. Jesus, I admit to you that I'm a sinner. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and rose again to save me. Today, I give my life to you. Please save me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I believe your word and I am saved. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys tonight. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Nothing like the word of God being preached. What a powerful word. I trust you've been empowered and strengthened in your faith. And uh, for all of you that are online, I'm so sorry about our technological difficulties. In the parking lot, God bless you here at the sanctuary. God bless you. Won't you lift your hands to heaven? Now, if you're in the parking lot, we have teams of people that will pray for you. You just put your hazards on and they'll come to you. Again, if you're uh, a mother here, a spiritual mother or uh, uh, grandmother, I was going to say a birth mother, but that doesn't make sense, does it? All of you mothers, you know who you are. Amen. We want to bless you. And uh, if you haven't received one of those gifts, you'd be sure to let our, our team know and they will they'll bless you. Minister Tammy Choir, would you come on down here and close our service tonight? Come on. Minister Tammy Choir is a great woman of God. Helps to head up our Connect department. Come all the way up. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on, just receive the blessing. We'll hope to see you Wednesday night. ETS at 1230 daily. Uh, the daily at 4 o'clock. ETS at... Uh, 12.30. Thank you, Minister Barry, so much. Yeah. Mr. Tammy, go ahead. 
Lord, we just thank you, Father. I pray, Father, for each and every single one of these here tonight, Lord, out in the parking lot and here. Pray, Lord, you bless them. Keep them, Lord God. They would walk out the fullness, Lord God, of everything that you have for them, Lord. Hold no offense, Lord, that they would walk out, Lord God, fullness. Bless them and keep them throughout this week, we pray, Father. We give you glory. We give you praise, Lord God, for this entire time, Lord God. Bless us, we pray, in your son's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. Early morning prayer and all the different opportunities. Keep your ear to the rail of new information and new church mandates coming out by next week, and we'll let you know. God bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.